Hi everyone, thanks for checking into the Grad Girl Wellness Podcast, a space designed to inspire and highlight the stories of women of color in graduate school who are prioritizing their overall health and wellness while pursuing higher education. My name is Angela and I'm your host. Let's get started. Adam, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing okay. Grad school has been a roller coaster lately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm I'm happy to have you here, happy to talk with you. Um, this is a topic I personally want to know about. Um, so I'm excited to get into the conversation. Um, so for folks who don't know you, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, um, what you studied and when you graduated? Sure. So thank you for having me. Um I studied (laughs) that is always a big question so my department was teaching learning policy and leadership and my division was language literacy and social inquiry my dissertation though is about how black girls enact self-love through the use of their 21st century literacies Um, so i look at how black girls are interacting online in these digital spaces and what that means in terms of like how they are loving themselves um, how these are acts of Mm self-love um yeah <laughs> no I, I think that's awesome I'm thinking about like oh grad girl wellness is like hopefully a similar space for, for folks who are in grad school um so that's awesome so that kind of brings me to the next question then so as someone who was studying like self-love self-care things of that nature what was your relationship to self-care while you were in grad school oof um so my first year I don't remember if it was my first or my second year. I think it might've been my second year. Um, I actually started therapy because I was teaching and I was teaching a class of all white students. um, And it just became like emotionally toxic and like pretty violent. I was co-teaching with a white woman who was like super dope, was, um, I would definitely call someone who was a co-conspirator and was like doing her own work and working as hard as she could to protect me, but it was still kind of like, you know, um, so I sought out therapy. My, I believe it was my second year. I also had an experience with a professor who was just blatantly racist. Like we would read things about how black folks are barbaric and like, it just became a lot. And so, um, my wellness journey probably started that year of grad school when I was like, this is too much. I'm not going to make it through this program if I don't get help. Um, and from there, you know, of course, uncovered a lot of other things <laughs> that were going on. Uh, and continued my wellness journey even after therapy on campus. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's awesome. I think a lot of people I talk to, there's kind of like, there, there's one, there's like this encounter, right? Or like this major experience that kind of like gives you the light bulb that you need to like kind of do some new things or turn things around. Um, so in that, where did yoga teacher training come in? Yeah, yoga teacher training came in, I didn't start until my fourth year, actually, the year that I graduated. Um, So it was, again, either my first or second year when I, I've been practicing yoga since 2008. Um, Took some classes in undergrad, which I, it really would have made sense for me to do training there, but just didn't think about it. And also everything happens for a reason. And so I remember sitting in the cubicle with like two other grad students of color and being like, I want to start practicing yoga again, but I only want to practice at a studio that's owned by a Black woman. How do I find that? And one of them was like, Google it. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I Googled it and found the studio that I practiced at. Um, it's called Spiritual Essence Yoga in Maryland. And I love it. It's owned by Dana, who's a black woman who's been practicing for years. I want to say like at least two decades. Um, and the space was not only owned by her, but was also, there were just black women all throughout the space. And it was so beautiful because it would be intergenerational. So as someone who grew up in church and also has, doesn't necessarily go to church anymore, like my faith is the same, but my practice looks different. It was nice to get that feeling of community and have that like intergenerationality in addition to being able to practice yoga in the space and talk about wellness and healing with these other black women. Um, I wanted to practice consistently and couldn't because grad school money. <laughs> and uh, and I reached out to Dana and let her know. And she was like, actually, we have an exchange program where if you volunteer for X amount of hours per week, you get free yoga classes. Um, and so that's what I did and got to know some of the women really well. And one of them worked at the front desk and was like, she was going through training and I would ask her questions because I was so interested. And finally, she was like, you should just take training, like just go through it. And there was also a scholarship for that that reduced the cost for me because I was a grad student and a volunteer. Um, and so that's kind of where it started. Oh, I, I love that story. So how did you balance then like being a grad student and then also like doing, cause it was it the 200 hour one that mm -hmm. you did? Okay, so how did you make time for that? I didn't. <laughs> so. <laughs> Fortunately though, I actually started the spring semester of my final year. So I started in like January, um, January, February-ish. The training, we only met like once a month because at the time we were still in person. Um, however, with graduation and moving and then moving again and COVID and everything else, I kind of disconnected and didn't have a chance to immerse myself as much as I would have wanted to. And so I reached out to Dana and was like, hey, I actually don't think I'm ready for the test. Is it possible to like push my date back a bit? And she was super gracious and allowed me to do that. Um, and so I didn't do a great job of balancing it. I will say though, had it not been 2020, the time probably would have been a bit, the timing would have been ideal mm -hmm. because I defended in February and then graduated in May. And I was like co-teaching one class at that point, right? So I had a lot of free time and it would have made sense for me to, um, it would have made sense for me to be able to practice and do the reading and all of that while also having all of this free time and getting ready to transition into this new part of my life. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay, so now that you're, okay, so it kind of happened towards the end of your grad mm -hmm. school journey. All right, so then did you see any like impacts or changes in the way that you approached your schoolwork given the fact that you were in the yoga teacher training? So mostly I had been done with schoolwork by then. Um, I think though that practicing yoga even before that did help me to see my work differently and that I was, one, I was giving myself more grace. I think grad school is a period where we are very hard on ourselves, especially as Black women. We come in with imposter syndrome and all of this, right? And like, even before knowing the eight limbs of yoga, I was like, oh, well, I'm supposed to give myself grace on the mat. How does this transfer to when I'm not practicing, right? Like, this should be a lived practice and not just something I do when I come into the studio. Beyond that, my dissertation was on self-love. And so it really pushed me 
to, to move in self-love as praxis and not just as like theoretical work. Um, and that also helps me both with yoga and with, and with my academic work to say like, give yourself grace. Don't take on more than you can, right? Like, what are your yeses? What are your noes? Like be honest with yourself about those and then be honest and very firm in those things with other people. Um, so yeah, I think yoga generally helped me to transform my mindset about like how I was moving through my program with intentionality. Awesome. Okay. So kind of the reverse question then, do you think that there's anything that you took from, I guess, maybe like the rigors of academic study um, that you brought into your yoga practice? Oh, for sure. Um, and I think sometimes for good and sometimes for not so good, I think to start off with things that are really good, I think as academics, we also, we've got to meet the deadlines, like we've got to do the things, right? And so it helped me to be consistent and to build this practice, um, even when I don't necessarily want to do the things because I know that they're good for me. Also, while giving myself grace or like taking what I need from the mat in that moment. Um, on the other hand, I think <laughs> I had to work through some ideas of perfectionism on the mat because you go and you see other people doing these things and you're like, I want to be able to do that. Or like, why am I falling out of this pose? And so-and-so is not. And one of my dissertation, uh, one of my committee members is also a yoga teacher. And before like I even went through this journey, I remember her always saying like, stay on your own mat. And I think that became really powerful for me. Um, again, in both worlds, as I was like trying to avoid comparison and just staying on my own mat. And like, what does my yoga journey look like? What does my academic journey look like? I've got to focus on this and that's it. No, I love that idea of like staying on your own mat. I was thinking like, look at your own paper, right? The same idea mm -hmm. of, of focusing on what it is that you're doing. Um, so I think there are a lot of folks who are interested in starting their yoga teacher training while they're in grad school, myself being one of them. Um, so I had some questions, right? Um, just generally, do you have any suggestions for anyone um, who wants to begin a yoga practice? I think if you're looking to begin a yoga practice, um, my first suggestion is always YouTube. Uh, but even in that, I think be careful about who you're watching. Um, some people do yoga for aesthetics. Some people do it for fitness and are not necessarily concerned about like the wellness of your body. And yoga should be a tool, not something that will harm you in the long run. Um, and so I would say, just make sure that like, maybe run it by another yogi or a yoga teacher to be like, is this someone I can trust? I think another thing would be to, um, oh, I just had it in my head and lost it. <laughs> uh, in terms of starting a practice, there's a really great app called Down Dog. And they were doing some cool things during the pandemic where they were offering the app for free for a certain amount of months. I don't know if they're still doing that, but if they are, that's one to check out. They have tons of classes and you can kind of set like what it is you wanna practice. I would also say like, start small. Like don't push yourself to, to try all these new poses, right? Like start with some of the foundational, like start with down dog, start with like tree pose, start with Tadasana where you're, you're mountain pose, right? Start with some of the more foundational poses and really ground yourself in those. Um, listen to how your body's feeling and then progress from there. 
Definitely, that's helpful. Um, do you have any suggestions on, I guess my question was gonna be like suggestions on finding the right type of yoga, but I imagine that if you kind of just go on YouTube and find what feels good to you, that could be helpful. I think there are tons of like resources in terms of books um, that you can read about different types of yoga. Um, I would look into just like, what are the different types and then what feels best for what it is you're looking for out of the practice. So are you looking for a workout? Then Ashtanga might be the best thing for you. Are you looking for something to like really stretch your muscles and kind of calm your brain and your nervous system, which is something a lot of us need right now? Then something like yin yoga, where you stay in the poses for between three and five minutes might be really helpful. Are you looking for kind of a workout and flow and to build flexibility, strength and balance like simultaneously? then a typical vinyasa class might be best, right? Um, but really determine what is it that you're trying to get out of your practice. And from there, you'd be able to kind of develop a practice or think more clearly or concretely about which type of yoga is best serving your needs. Awesome, that's helpful to think about. Okay, um, so shifting a little bit for folks who want to take their practice even further, right? And become yoga teacher um, trainers. Do you have any suggestions on like how to evaluate a program? I know you said you had like prior experience with where you did your training, but. Things about the pandemic is that a lot of training is now virtual. So you're not kind of limited to where you are anymore. Um, it was important for me I had never considered yoga teacher training because actually probably until my third year of grad school, probably actually shortly before I went to the studio was the first time I ever had a black woman yoga teacher. So I never thought it was something that I could even do, right? Um, and so then when I started practicing again at the studio and started thinking about what it means to be a teacher and like who gets to be a teacher, um, it was important for me to learn from someone who aligned with my values and how I saw the world and how I saw my practice, right? So I wanted to learn from a yogi who was culturally responsive, who was anti-racist, who was thinking about what it means to be a black woman, a curvy black woman, right? Um, and to practice for different bodies and across different generations. Cause I also like, I'm very close to my grandmother who is interested in chair yoga because her knees are not the greatest, right? So like, it's important for me to learn from someone who's thinking about all of those things simultaneously. So I would identify what your values are in a practice, um, identify what your values are pedagogically, and then just research studios who align with that. Um, like I said, I, I learned at Spiritual Essence and I you can literally be anywhere and learn. Like, are, is there representation, right? What's on the syllabus and who's on the syllabus, right? Um, mm -hmm. Once to go through training, it really felt, I felt restricted by the cost of yoga teacher training, right? I was a graduate student and just for full transparency, my stipend for graduate school was 18,000 a year. Um, I went to the University of Maryland. So I was in the DMV, one of the like most expensive places in the country to live and was making below the poverty line, right? And so I wanted to do yoga teacher training, but like my first priority was putting food in my mouth, right? Um, work with me. I personally am of the belief that the best yoga studios are gonna be the ones who embody um, what it is they're practicing, right? And so there are a lot of more corporate type yoga studios that I'm sure you've seen <laughs> around the country uh, that seem much more interested in capital than in people. Um, and if you are interested in practicing yoga for wellness, 
then wellness is not just like physical, right? It's also mental, emotional, financial. It's all of these different, what can we do? I want to be a yoga teacher. I can't afford it. What can we do? And so the worst thing they can give advice I can give to someone interested in uh, embarking on their yoga teacher journey. Mm-hmm. I think that's great because a lot of us are in that same situation, right? Like we just don't have it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I had to like ask for financial aid for the YMCA, but it is what it is, right? Um, for sure. Okay, so now we're going to move into the lightning round for this episode. Um, it's just going to be three questions and you say the first thing that comes to your mind. So the first question is, what are three words you would use to describe wellness in graduate school? I'd say foundational, (laughs) say critical, um, and liberating. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Okay. Um, Number two, could you give two invaluable resources that have helped you in your wellness journey? Therapy and yoga. (laughs) Word. word. (laughs) And I just, if I could add a bonus there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And the last one is if you could give one piece of advice to listeners who are women of color in graduate school. Like determine what it is that's important to you. Be deliberate about, about pursuing those things. So if folks wanted to find out more about you, your work, your yoga teacher training or whatnot, the bookmarks, which I've seen, um, how could they connect with you? Yes. So um, (laughs) I have not been on social media much in 2021 just because my brain (laughs) needed a break. But if you wanted to find me on Twitter, it is at Wadamadea. On Instagram, it's at Wadamadea4. And my Etsy shop, where I sell bookmarks is at, or not at, Adia Design Studios. Awesome. Thank you for that. I'm sure I'm going to go get a bookmark soon and I'm sure other people will as well. So thank you for being here and for talking with us. Thank you for having me. This was so great. I love the work that you're doing. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's all I have for you on this episode. I hope that you heard something that inspires you along your wellness journey. And if so, share it with a friend. Until next time, take care.